Good morning. I am here with Elam Zook today, and we're just having coffee together. Elam is another former Amish person, by the way, everybody. Good morning, Elam. There's my camera right there. Good morning. Why you got to show off you're technologically impaired like that? Like, I don't know where the camera is? Yeah, like for reals. That's uh, just a great, you know, subtle, uh, <laughs> you know, way of uh, establishing what's going on here. <laughs> you, you don't have to you, tell the whole world we're a little bit technologically impaired. You know, it's, you know, when movie directors do stuff, they give you little hints about what's happening. Oh. So we're having a technologically impaired discussion. Although, let me point this out. Somebody might not appreciate this, but it's pretty funny when people have to go to the Amish person and ask them for technological help. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you enjoy that. <laughs> well, I had fun with that when, like, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, um, I was working with, uh, on, on a construction project with a guy who, um, his, his, uh, the construction work was just sort of a, uh, deviation from what he normally did. He, he, he was, uh, um, like in publicity for, for a, a big business and, so he he was all over um social media stuff and um so he got me on social media like i i was there, there was probably you know less than 50 people in all of lancaster county that were on twitter and and i was fucking one of them <laughs> you were one of them that <laughs> was that was pretty pretty fun you figured out how to use 144 characters to describe something. Damn right. Oh, yeah. And then you started wearing a hoodie, too. Yeah. So how does it feel to wear a hoodie when for 30 years you were not allowed to wear a hoodie? I don't know. I'm not sure we weren't allowed to have hoodies. We weren't. Well, you guys were weird. No, we, we weren't. You really guys were too whole. Yeah, <laughs> you like to bring that up. <laughs> um, you like to call I, us weird. <laughs> we didn't really, we didn't, we didn't really have, weren't allowed to have hoodies, but I think we had some number of clothing that were allowed to be worn in certain situations where we had hoodies. But I guess, how how would we even put them on if we had a damn hat on? So anyway, let's talk about something else. Like yeah. what? Like what? Um, like the new Amish clothes we're going to make, and then we'll wear them on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to wear Amish clothes. You wear, you wear Amish clothes. That's your thing. I had enough okay. of that shit. Remember, I was in until I was fucking 30 or something. Until you were 30. 
you you barely even had to wear what you got out by your time you were 19 oh my I was, god i was in i was almost, a month away from being 20 i i was in almost twice as long as you were plus all those years where you were not with church and just being a bad rebel horrible awful person and not wearing amish clothes and I never was that. I was always a good little Amish person. Let's keep. Let's what do you, wait, wait, wait. Hold up. What do you mean all those years where I wasn't wearing Amish clothes? No, I, I, I went partying in my Amish clothes when I was partying. I've seen pictures of you. You were not really Amish. Whatever. There are no <laughs> pictures. Like, literally, there's one picture of me when I was Amish. One. Really? What, did the camera break after that? Yep. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> See, I love how scintillating this show is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't talk about shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, we're just having coffee and we thought like we should record it here for some reason. I think this is a good start. People need to sort of be introduced to our characters before they're really going to listen to what we have to say anyhow. So this is good. You well, know, I mean, somebody, it's true. Seinfeld, the show Seinfeld, I know you don't know anything about non-Amish stuff, but um, that was a nice dig. Come on. <laughs> I'm waving at you with one finger. <laughs> anyway, the, the show Seinfeld supposedly was about nothing absolutely nothing yet it was like this crazy popular show so this could be us just never talking about anything of any consequences and we're just being who we are well let me let me put this out there is like some of the things that i have personally been working on for many many years is definitely you know, regarding the abuse problem within the Amish culture and the lack of education in the Amish culture and the unique challenges that like plain victims face because that in and of itself isn't by it by itself. It's not just applicable to Amish people. It's also applicable to plain people of Hutterite and Mennonite background and other backgrounds. Like there's all these different variations, but I've come to find that across the different cultures, they all have inherently like this one thing in common. This is a problem because of how their churches are structured and how their communities are structured and because of Wisconsin versus Yoder. Damn, I guess we're going to go there. Huh? <laughs> you kind of tip the arrow in that direction. You know how I feel about that. I forget what I was going to say. Something about um, how how Amish Amish survivors of of uh, sexual assault have to overcome this. Um, they've been taught <laughs> the outside world is bad, and and so not only do they have to kind of logistically make a phone call to to a, 
a women's shelter or or the police or whatever they also have to uh, overcome their inner um, fear of of trusting the outside world uh, and it's and it's against um, you know they their leadership the people they look up to and trust in their community have told them the outside world is bad and so frequently these young people you know adolescents you know minor people have to make this choice of of trusting authorities that they have been conditioned their whole life to not trust well and not only that but so what you're talking about is that it goes against the moral code it goes against everything that they've been taught like for example when you're baptized into the church you know you make a promise that you're not going to tell church business to the outside world you will never discuss church business to the outside world do you remember that i do and so inherently, when you do go to the outside world and you do ask for help, you're going against everything that you have been taught for however many years and that has been basically beaten into you in both, both mentally and sometimes even physically. So you're going against that. But then you also have these victims, and I have heard many such reports that are absolutely heartbreaking because these Amish victims go and they take that step. They go against everything and they report it. And when they report it, they are met with, well, he's Amish. He would never do that. Or Amish people don't have those problems. And it's this whole bullshit of dismissing sexual assault because there was an Amish victim and the law enforcement that doesn't do a proper investigation into that is just, they're, they're complicit. They're enabling this culture to exist within America where there are no legal consequences for people who are going around raping people, period. That's some heavy shit. I thought we were going to keep it light here, but... But now that you started it. <laughs> Not this is you starting it. You started this. <laughs> Keep it light. Come on. How many times have we had coffee and had these conversations anyways? Might as well record it, right? What? I don't want to talk about this shit. Do you want to talk about how the Amish man looks with a hoodie on? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you want to talk about? So, so uh, um, since there's just no programming structure whatsoever here, um, what I wanted to what I want to talk about is. Uh, I've forgotten what I want to talk about now already, but um, I'll, like I'll, I'll figure, yes. You want to add here or something? Well, so you know, what I, I got my train of thought now, so. Okay. 
what I wanted to talk about is how um, all the all the people or the the very small number of people I should say that like you and me who who are trying to uh, respond to these issues of of you know assault survivors and how they survive or don't and 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 one of the challenges that we face is that we're we're a reflection of of the larger community in the, in the sense that there's this tension and struggle about um and, and it's partly reflected in in something as basic and simple as the democrats and the republicans there's there's a, a, a an ideal of what the problem is and so part of our our movement is is developed from from uh christians who who left the amish and and adopted some some form of christianity that's usually very conservative uh evangelical Chris, uh, christianity and and the problem that we face is that in those in those ideological differences um that's that's our that's partly our problem um the dominant culture's problem is our problem um uh religious authoritarianism is our problem and and yet these survivors who um are trying to work together are faced with this 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 uh schism of of different values and and so the reason i want to talk about this is that um we could either just sort of um i don't know write each other off because our our values don't align or we could try to to what i like to think is is leadership we could show some leadership and develop um a program or 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 a commitment to to instead of doing like the dominant culture has of of kind of opposing each other and you know the 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 right wing conservatives believe if 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 we do what, um, say, Ocasio-Cortez wants, then we're all going to hell in a handbasket as a socialist country and all that's bad, and they'd rather die than do that. And, and there's, the, there's liberals who, um, which, which I sort of would put, you know, I characterize myself as a liberal, um, think that if we do the things Donald Trump wants to do, uh, we're going to hell in a handbasket. And, and so we're caught up in this. We're, and, and I, you know, the point I want to make is um, this is intrinsically our problem. And it's, when I say intrinsic, it's, 
the the um, the religious authoritarianism that is wrecking havoc in Amish culture or plain community cultures is is was created by by the right wing political movement in in this country and so so it's our fate is very closely tied to to the fate of this country which is ne- which is <laughs> let's just say it's in a hell of a mess and we're not working together and what i want to do is create um uh, a format or a movement who recognizes that um we uh, us activists on the working on these plain community abuse problems um, have an opportunity to to overcome these issues and and it's in in acknowledging them and finding a way forward together that we can best address um this abuse issue and be the most effective and um just to give you a little bit of an idea of what what how how, how, what that looks like is is if you think of a metaphor of this abuse problem is that kids or people are drowning in the river and so of course our role is to to rescue them and and sometimes you know it's it's not we're not so clearly the rescuers as we are we're drowning out there with them and figuring out how we can get to shore together or that that's that's a very important part of it is to to save ourselves and to save each other and and take a responsible position towards these abuse uh survivors but then there's also the issue of once say metaphorically again we have this incredible rescue team with boats and volunteers and medics and <laughs> and everybody's going out there you know to help those people that's what we need that's what the goal that we need to go we need to respond to this and we but but then there's also the issue of at some point instead of just developing this response team uh i think it's also important to to think about why are these people ending up in the river and and what can we do to change the dynamic further upstream and that that's you know how how can we affect uh plain community culture so that uh these really tragic situations get uh media remediated in the culture uh instead of just uh having a reactionary uh response on the outside of it and and it's it's in that sense of going upstream and and figuring out how do we stop people from coming in why don't these kids have flotation devices why weren't they taught how to swim think safe touch there's there's all these things that could be be happening 
so that there isn't a need for this incredible rescue operation further downstream. And it's in, in that um, context of going upstream and making the difference that we especially need a plan to, for us all to work together, uh, including people that are um, immersed in, in the right-wing culture that um, is partly, you know, was part, created this dynamic of religious authoritarianism. And anyway, there, there's much to be added and developed around that. But so to reinforce what you're kind of talking about, would you say that it's unity, like, um, as opposed to division, like create unity between the liberals and the right-wing people, and also the moderates. There's moderate people out there who don't believe in either of those things, and so that's kind of like important to acknowledge. But if we come together and we work on this and we have a common goal, that can be like a way to show leadership because that's what needs to happen in America, right? Yeah, yeah. We we need a we we need a format that. Um that allows for the development of engagement and participation from both sides. Right. And I, I think that um, either all of the people involved in this are, are committed to this issue. And so if we can use that strength of commitment to, to, engaging the abuse issue in in plain communities and just and just admit that that you know there's that we're we're also part of the larger culture and that's partly where uh to use a fancy term that's where the the pathology comes from that's where the sickness comes mm -hmm. from and when i talk about when i say sickness i'm talking about abuse situations that that just go on for years and years and years and years. And like yours, for example, Mary, where there was yeah. no point where any person in authority in your community stepped forward to, to make things better. And when you stepped forward and, and did something, they unilaterally unequivocally condemned what you did and and and, and so uh, that's a sickness you know it's it's one thing for abuse on some level to happen but if the community then doesn't have a self-corrective response on its own and that's what I'm talking about when, well, no. when I talk when I talk there... about when I Go. talk about going upstream, that's that's the end goal to get the community itself to develop a self-corrective response. Well, I mean, when you when you think about it, so the community's response is often like, you don't fight hard enough, you don't pray hard enough. Oh, you know, if you actually believed and had faith, you know, when you prayed, this wouldn't happen anymore. Or um, your dress is too short, or your the shots been this too dick. <laughs> Just see the cop body. Must be she suck. 
Um, but you know, the other thing is, is that they they do their six weeks of bond in Maidong or Shunning, whatever people can relate to. They do that to the to the rapist, and then after that, like they they allow them around children, even if they're already like they confessed in the church. And the thing is, is every time one of the prep uh, the perpetrators got in trouble in my case like it, it didn't help matters it actually made it worse their threats got worse their death threats their um mind control grooming grooming is a real thing um all of those things everything just got worse so it basically taught the pre uh, perpetrators to become better at mentally manipulating and emotionally harming children That's not okay. And that's not in any way an acceptable response. Yeah, what? And in the Go same ahead. token, they don't have the skills. They don't have the education. They're not taught safe touch, non-safe touch. Most of the people that I know that were born and raised Amish did not have words for their private body parts, such as vagina, penis, etc. We did not have words in our language for that. That is awful and horrifying. If you don't even have words in your own language for those things, how can you tell somebody that um, you were tell, violated? Tell tell them about your doctor visit that could have been an intervention and wasn't. So when I was around somewhere between the ages of seven and eight, six, something like that, it was in... Pennsylvania, and we only lived there for a range of three years, so that's how I know like what age I was. I was being sexually assaulted by my 18-year-old cousin, and there was a lot of horrifying things that were going on, and I had been vaginally bleeding, and my mom took me to see Dr. David Hoyt Sr. in Mercer, Pennsylvania, and they took me in a room by myself and started asking me these questions. I did not have the language to express anything in their language, which is English. I did not know. And so they brought my biological mother in to translate for me, and she lied to them. She straight up lied to them, and that was a missed opportunity they suspected, and they could have done something. And I know that it was they suspected sexual assault because I have been in the medical profession for roughly around 14 years. And that is how they handle those things. And that is part of why I feel like there is a need for interpreters. Because I'm not the only... Um, for an Amish kid that doesn't have words, didn't have words, or doesn't have words. And this has continued to go on. Look at, like, Daisy's case in Missouri this year. There, There is no way that that 13-year-old child actually had words to express what was going on to her. And even so, becoming pregnant out of uh, as a product of rape that is absolutely mentally horrifying. That is horrifying. 
And then for it to be reported, and the one person that's supposed to be in your corner turned around and, and advocated for rapists. He was supposed to prosecute the rapist, and instead he got up and advocated for the rapist. Why? Why does this continue to happen? Yeah, that. Uh, uh, what I want to sort of respond to that with is that it's pretty obvious that um, uh, sexual assault of children is is um, it's a weakness that that the plain communities are undeveloped or they're, they're just really it's their Achilles heel you know it's it's this thing that's a weakness they're not capable of effectively responding to this you know and you know if you want to use you you want to comment there Mary yeah I have a comment on that so my theory is is that a they don't have the tools so if you think about this, like everybody has a toolbox filled with tools. Those are skills that they learned and when they were developing, when they were growing up, all of that. Like they, um, their children as Amish children, like we went to an Amish school, we had an eighth grade education. And inside of that school, like we don't have like certified like teachers who are qualified. If you went to an Amish school and you got out of eighth grade, then you can teach school, you know, as long as you're in good standing with the church. Um, but the other thing is, is their curriculum. When you look at their curriculum, they have reading, writing, math, a little bit of history and a little bit of geography. And of course, when you go to school, like that's when we learned English. In school, we learned English. And the the when you when you think about it in the dominant culture like these kids go to public school and they're exposed to a whole other variety of things and to be honest i was quite frankly shocked when my child came home from public school and told me that they had to do a class on like safe touch and unsafe touch and it's not like i didn't have that conversation with my child already i did but it's more or less like just that just goes to show you like the difference is like we didn't have any education on safe touch and non-safe touch. That wasn't put out there. So in a way, when it's put out there in the public school system, like it can also be something that can create a conversation between parents and their children and create a safe place for them to express what's what is really safe touch. Yeah, that's, and that's they got left behind because of Wisconsin versus Yoder. That's you know, that's a you know, that's you know, the question of going back to the metaphor is why aren't these kids, you know, why don't they have a flotation device on if they're out in the river? You know, there there needs but there's also the larger community's response at at the top level is, you know, shunning means virtually nothing in terms of, you know, the punishment, the quote unquote punishment for, for uh, a sexual predator in, in these plain communities, 
is really ill-suited to effectively protect children. And, and so it, when I talk about the Achilles heel, this is what I'm talking about. They, they just um, don't have an effective response. And um, that's, you know, that, that's, that instead of just sweeping that issue under the rug, if we want to, if we want to, um, quote unquote, stop these people from ending up in the river needing to be rescued, we, we have to, we have to engage the, the, these communities failures and, and, and talk about what would make a difference. How, how can they, how can they, become partners in, 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 in helping this operation of, of saving people who are drowning in the river instead of us fighting them and, and, and focusing all our efforts at saving people with our speedboats out on the river. How about we go and, and in one form or another start engaging this community? How can they be effective partners to to help in this process and go ahead. Well, you know, they have the conservative crisis intervention teams and they have the Amish restoration teams. And that's a few communities who are attempting to show an engagement, but here's the problem. The problem with that is, is they're literally putting people in places who think that victims of sexual assault are lying close to 50% of the time. And that I actually heard from a committee leader that really, I, I just don't believe that it's okay. Um, so engaging them, yes, but I think engaging them, but also like requiring like certain types of skills, like the church should not be allowed to just sit there and appoint people to the committee who they want to appoint. It should be somebody who has this and this and this in these skills and they should be required to take certain classes because there's they're not um putting the right people in the right place at the do right want, time do you want to uh, elaborate a little bit what these committees are um they're supposed to be committees who are um assisting the victims but also um providing support for the victims, helping them receive any type of therapy or counseling that they may need, but also um, making sure that the perpetrators are um, receiving treatment. And the problem is, is that you have people in those places who I personally spoke to Mr. Jake Mast of the Amish Restoration Committee of Northeastern Ohio, um, who said that we're finding about half of these, they're lying about it. And that to me is just horrifying because he's in a position where he's supposed to be assisting both sides of this equation and I personally think it should be separated one committee for the victims and one for the perpetrators um secondly if you believe that half of the people are lying when they come forward with allegations 
either your community has a really big lying problem or you are silencing victims. And I'm inclined to believe it's the silencing victims part. Because remember how they treat lying. <laughs> I'm going to need an interpreter on you. <laughs> but, uh, well, <clears throat> you yeah, know as well as I do, they treat lying as a really big sin. The, the thing that's important here is that these committees are set up to be a liaison between the plain community and law enforcement and healthcare workers. But they also end up functioning as the first responders. So when, uh, when, a, when a, these crimes are, are um, reported, they go to them first. And so they get the screen out in theory whether there's a real crime or somebody is lying and and they end up becoming uh, just another layer of bureaucracy that tends to protect the community and and again this is this is just another example of the plain community being woefully inadequate in in developing an effective response to this crisis so here's my question if you have allegations that somebody who is like, if you're, let's just say you're a detective, right? And you have allegations of abuse and you have caused to open an investigation into somebody that's not Amish or plain. What do you do? You open a freaking investigation and you're supposed to investigate it properly and appropriately. If you require like an interpreter for somebody that speaks Spanish or Islamic or whatever other language there is, you go get an interpreter and you get everything done that needs to be done. Now, do you do the same thing for your Amish and plain victims? Because I have it on really good authority that many of you do not from victims. Uh, and this this is a a great example of how we go upstream and and affect you know change the you know the circumstances of why these people get into the river. We have to have effective responses. We have to have district attorneys and and judges who 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 don't uh, play you know, favorites with, with Amish perpetrators. And, and what that could look like is, is uh, grassroots uh, efforts. When these people are running for office, they, they, they get called on these questions. Are you, how are you going to prosecute uh, plain community perpetrators? Mm -hmm. And, and we don't have that right now. Uh, I, I would say that, that even even progressive, uh, I mean, pr Republican prosecutors are, in my opinion, inclined to promote the, the, the religious authoritarianism in the Amish community and, and are just a big part of the problem. But even progressive uh, 
grassroots sponsored district attorneys running for office are inclined to shy away from from even speaking about these issues because they're just not comfortable thinking of the Amish community and the issues that uh, you know are a part of it as a legitimate um, campaign issue. And so what that means is we have no mechanism to hold these people accountable. It's just their goodwill, which is based on whatever they think the political wins are at the moment. And and so there's no, it's a way, it's, this is an example of how the Amish community or the plain community writ large is exempt from, from actual kind of evolutionary processes that, that serve them. And, and, it, and it, it's, it, this is, if you want to get down into the weeds of how do we keep people from ending up in the river, this is part of it. And, and there's many other ways that this can play out. You know, we're just starting the conversation about this and we need people to join us and, and bring their ideas and their commitment to this subject. And uh, yeah. that's my story. Oh yeah, you're sticking to it. <laughs> you know, I think it's there's a there's a lot to unpack in what you're saying. I don't think it can be effectively done through like well, one conversation. No, no, I'm I'm a hundred percent in agreement with that. That this is just this is just a cracking cracking the door open on this subject and and. Um, there's a lot of things that, that could be developed in terms of resources that get uh, focused at the plain community in terms of uh, what is safe touch, educational, in terms of getting uh, support uh, from healthcare providers, law enforcement, these committees that are set up you know, they could be on the right side of history or they could just perpetuate the problem. There's there's a just an infinite amount of things that can be done. We we just need to raise awareness, we need to define the issues and what what works, what is helpful, how is how you know, we're we're the freaking richest country in the world. But the, the education process for these communities is warped and, and limiting. And, and many of the well-intentioned people in these communities, around Amish communities, don't care or, or they're oblivious to, to what's going on. And so there's just multiple levels of, uh, of uh, areas of engagement that could happen. But yeah. we, we, need, we need people, we need commitment, we need um, all the stuff that, that makes uh, a grassroots organization effective and... and um, we need you. 
<laughs> whoever's <do>. listening. <laughs> if anybody's listening. Hey, at least we said it, right? Yeah, exactly. We're speaking our truth. That's the important part. Um, we're also trying to... So there's a whole like theory that I have that like engages in educating the non-Amish community around the Amish and Plain communities. And the reason being is because there's a lot of, like you said, there's there's a lot of cultural differences. It's almost like there's there's a giant chasm in the middle of the two communities. And you know, a lot of times like when when you come out of that type of environment and you know, even as a victim, like anytime you speak anything about like the abuse that transpired, you you get a lot of pushback from people. Some people get death threat threats. Some people get all kinds of just crazy things. Um, and there's there's some really effective silencing techniques that I've noticed among that community. And some of the the things that people will say is stuff like, well. Oh, but yours is an isolated case. No, it's not. I promise you it's not. Or, well, that exists in all cultures, not just Amish. But here's the problem. That exists in all cultures, but all cultures do not respond the same way the Amish community does. The Amish community literally sits there and gives them a fucking slap on the wrist. And then allows them to be around, like, especially pedophiles, to be around children. And that is not acceptable in any freaking case. And then another thing is, is people will say, oh, but you learned how to bake or sew or cook or keep house or garden or whatever the case is. Hey, guess what? I could have learned all those things without being sexually assaulted while doing it. That's a fact. Thanks. Yeah, the 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 erasure of of victims um, speaking up and you know is is pretty monstrous within the community and 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 it's also you know it it takes place on the outside. These these are sort of very barbaric things that happen. You know, I just in the last couple months realized that I was sexually assaulted as a child. And the, you know, the most haunting thing about it for me at, at this point is that, um, and I, I can't even prove this, which is another layer of trauma, but uh, I, I don't think my community, I'm pretty sure based on my memories that my community did know, and, but they didn't do anything about it. It was a, it was a non-Amish medical professional and knowing that this happened and my community very likely didn't do anything about it kind of gives me the chills and, and, and it kind of disrupts my, con you know, my association to having a, a safe childhood and it, it just kind of, it, it really messes with your head and and I, I don't know where I was going with that. Would you would you say that there was an element of grooming that was going on? Are you familiar with the term grooming? 
Well, I mean, my uh, memories of it were that it was a one one time thing, and and you know, it happened over the course of you know an hour or so. And but yeah, you know, I was probably chosen because they figured they could get away with it. My parents wouldn't prosecute or even hardly raise a stink about it. And, and you know, I totally was groomed in that. Oh, this is a this is a experiment, and um, y- you know, you don't have to do it. You know, and. Um, and I'm pretty sure he told me that he he talked to my mother about it, and and I'm pretty sure that was a lie, but yeah, these these people are, they're. I mean, if I can dispassionately think about this, I'm like, that motherfucker was so good at what he did, and <laughs> go ahead. And sorry, that was mid sentence. Do you do you uh, think? That that um, the way that plain people and Amish children are like taught, like children should be seen and not heard, um, spare the rod, spoil the child, and the whole like the idea of forgiveness and their lack of involvement with law enforcement or even like reporting crimes or even law enforcement actually holding them accountable for crimes, do you think that that actually makes Amish children a target to um, outside predators? Yes, it it, uh, absolutely does. Um, I I just, you know, if if you think about justice and and a healthy society, uh, I'm no sociologist and no expert by any means, but I think that that the only way to move towards that goal is participation. You have to participate. And what the Amish do is they inherently remove themselves from that. Like my parents, they, you know, instead of, instead of uh, participating by speaking up, going to the law, trying to make sure this guy doesn't get to keep doing it, there, there's a. Um, I, I just think there's a fundamental flaw in, in the whole relationship between the 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 non you know the dominant culture and and the Amish in that they think they can, sort of exist in this space without being participants, and and, and you know I think there's a breakdown in that process. There's people speak for them and and you know that's maybe a little bit of a a topic for another yeah another we don't time. have time for all that <laughs> another time I'm, but, I'm already done with my coffee so but, we said we were having is, coffee this is an example of this sort of non-engagement thing that that is central to Amish identity and ideology that needs to be thought about how it's working and and serving them and uh we're at 51 minutes so i know we didn't talk about more than just coffee for the first 10 minutes but (laughs) suckers (laughs) (laughs) really Uh, i just i just gotta point out like hey like let's talk about like the, the some of the coping skills that we have so Elam has this whole thing 
about like he likes the whole idea of how I make the the Amish clothes. <laughs> and one day he says he's gonna send a fabric and I'm supposed to make a new Amish dress with it. I just have one question for him. Does it have to be in the Atnum? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean You it, know it, the community I was born into our dresses couldn't have sleeves, so um we had to make a dress form without sleeves and then we had to have a top that got put on with the freaking sleeves on it so i just want you to know what if i made one like that <laughs> i'm here <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um personally i i love sewing but i also don't love sewing amish clothes so there's that so um I have a question for you about our next uh, episode. Uh, yeah. Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Uh, can people give us feedback and and request um, topics that we discuss and and send us questions? I mean, sure they can. Well, that's what we need. Yep, I'm sure. When's Although... when is this? When is this is this can pe are people listening now? Nobody listens to what we have to say. Isn't that the usual? But are you gonna you're gonna put it on Facebook or something, right? It's on YouTube. We'll link it to Facebook, and so and I can post it. And all right, all right, I'll do it. Hey, let me ask you this: What about like every? Uh, you just want to do like a couple months where we do like every Sunday morning we have coffee. Yeah, I think we should shoot for once a week, and if we skip a week here and there because I'm too drunk or something, that's okay. Yeah, nobody allowed you to go get drunk. <laughs> I bet it's hard as you conged. Yeah, well, my you uncle... Should build a you, you listen to me. My uncle was the bishop, and they said when he was younger, he he would... When he was hauling manure out of his steer stable, he would have a bottle of whiskey there and take a slug every now and then. My favorite. So don't don't give me shit about drinking. I was I mean, trained up right. Once you ask me to drink a bitch, what does it do? Hop bread. All right, Elam. All right. I, I'll come to the the next Sunday. Sounds good. Okay. Post it. I will. Have a Bye. good one. Bye-bye.